You're listening to Citizen Reporter, episode 438, for the 7th of December, 2012. The series is called Arab Artists in a Revolution. This one from Cairo, Egypt. And this was, of course, in collaboration with Radio Open Source and Christopher Leiden. Hello everyone, Mark with you here in Cairo, Egypt, part of the long journey in Tunisia, Egypt, and eventually Beirut, where we're meeting artists and creative minds of different kinds to talk about these countries and and the people here and what's happening and what's been going on in the past, in the recent past. So today I'm out here on the roof garden in Zamalek, where you can always hear some beeping in the background, uh, but we can also sit among some green flowers and trees and so forth. And I'm with uh, my new friend, Ahmed Al-Gendi. Ahmed nods, telling me that I've pronounced it well. So first of all, hi Ahmed, thanks for, thanks for coming over. Thank you, thank you for the invite. It's fun to be able to bring people to my house, in quotations. <laughs> um, Ahmed, I, I met you through mutual friends, um, oddly enough, in Beirut, uh, who know you. And originally it was because of uh, contemporary dance. And then in talking, I also learned of your current participation in, in the world of theater. And those are actually two worlds I haven't had a chance to talk about with people, uh, at least on the, the program. So I wanted to bring those two worlds uh, today with your help. The one that I'm interested first is the theater piece. Uh, I, I find it very interesting, your, your life experience, especially in the last few years. And I, I like that you've said to me from the beginning, and I'll, I'll put this out there myself, that you're not so busy with politics. You're, you're busy with art, it seems. But let's, let's talk about it and, and see if people understand it as I do. Um, when it comes to the current theater piece, uh, let's talk about what it is about and, and how it was developed. Okay. I haven't done much theater actually, but it was just uh, that's my second piece doing theater with text and all. And this one started when I was uh, because I went to the army. Uh, I was a soldier in the Egyptian army because um, it's obligatory to do the army in Egypt. And I had to go through this uh, year of, uh, of being a soldier in the Egyptian army. And uh, my friend Laila, who does uh, theater pieces, she uh, was already doing this uh, kind of documentary theater about uh, the violations from the police and the army towards people. And this was uh, done... It's like a series of uh, small pieces. And she did that right after the, the revolution, actually. And there was the, there was the first piece that was uh, having the testimonies from, from one person who was in jail uh, and was forced out during the, the events of the revolution, where the, where the government forced out some prisoners uh, during the first week of the revolution. And another story of, like, it was the testimony of Ali Subhi, who was arrested from the Tahrir Square, 
during the revolution also in 2011. And this first piece was uh, was performed earlier when I was in, in when I was already in the army. Uh, and then when I'm out, uh, she thought it might be interesting to um, document my my uh, my experience with the army and my experience with being a soldier uh, in the Egyptian army. And at first I was a little bit resistant because I, wa I wasn't really uh, capable of, of writing much and, and, and telling much about it because I, I was still very, you know, like it was very... I didn't have enough time to, to process what I went through. I was writing uh, very short sentences about the things that I have been going uh, the, the things that were going in my mind during the time I was there because there was a lot of time that you would you would keep thinking on your own and a lot of, of uh, wondering time you know so I, I would usually come come uh, with the with thoughts and and realizations about about life and about myself and about my my things that I, I, I do so I had this very strange kind of project where I we used to do short uh, sentences. It's called Gage Thoughts. And I used, I used to post them on Facebook each time I'm out of the... Because I, I have... Uh, like, they let us out every once in a while. So whenever I was out, I used to write uh, these uh, notes uh, on Facebook. And they were very abstract and very, like, totally... They have nothing to do with each, with, with each other, like, very different. And um, they were in sequence, but, but she used some of them also in the piece. So we got this, this diary that I wrote uh, especially for the, for the piece and uh, the gestalt that I wrote randomly and independ independently uh, to put them as my testimony of what I've been through during my army year. And she used in parallel with that the, the testimony of the same uh, kid who was in prison during the time of the, like, like he was imprisoned before the revolution, but he was let out, he was forced out actually, during the time of the revolution. And we had to, uh, to find the parallel lines between the army and the prison. And we put them together on stage, but it was more in, in the form of a, of a storytelling piece. Like we would just sit and, and say what we've been through. And, and it was very interesting how you can realize a lot of similarities where, where, where the lives of, of soldiers and the lives of prisoners uh, can, can meet and how you, uh, you like, like how, like how the, we were supposed to be a part of the government but we were also uh, we, we had different perspective from the inside but then from the outside people like, like prisoners or, or even regular people would see us as army people or as soldiers so it was very interesting how these two perspectives were were put together in parallel on on stage it was very interesting you in the military in in the end of january 2011 a time where so much seems to be going on here out here in the streets but you're in a way isolated but not completely isolated exactly uh, I was f I was a part of the group who were uh, in uh, during like exactly during the, the beginning of like it was in January 2011 it was supposed to be end on January 30th which was like 
five or six days right after the revolution, and they did not let us in because it was very problematic for the army apparently and and for the whole state to 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 receive this kind of information. So we didn't have much training actually. Yeah. We went right away to our. Uh, to, yeah, I don't know what's it called. But well, I say deployment because I always wonder if there was some chance that you yourselves, even as new recruits, in a time where the military was being deployed in cities, if you yourself were, would be in a position of, of being the they would not do this to, to, to newly recruited people. Like they would f fill us in to uh, to to cover uh, other places, and and the, the 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 older people would not older like the, the yeah. previous soldiers would be able to to be deployed in in these kind of spots. The, the, the things that you don't get enough information when you're there because you don't get to see news, you don't get to, to do a lot of phone calls, you don't get to, to you, we don't communicate at all with the public or, or with any kind of, of media. But still, uh, we, like, like, at first it's difficult, but then you get to know how to get to gather information when you're in, when, when you're in there. Because when you are in... Uh, when you are in the training setting, it's different because it's very isolated. But then, when you go to your to your uh, uh, place where you keep uh, going with your with your army, it's 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 less uh, problematic because you get to to meet more more people, so you know more. But at first, it was very strange that we do not know at all what was going on outside. And the time when when uh, when Mubarak left, we were. We were we were still in the um, in the training uh, camp, and the training camp was was very strict on how they would not let us know what was going on outside, and and uh, we knew that were that there were revolutions going on and and protestings and 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 stands that were happening, but we did not know much about the the, the actual thing and and the exact happenings going on there, and and we just knew that the, the president said that he would, like like on the Thursday night, he said that he would not go and he would stay and blah, blah, blah. And then on Friday night, he said that he's leaving. Uh, not he, but like it was said that he's leaving. So it was very strange and very shocking for us because we didn't even know what happened. And and some, some, people, some people were actually very scared because they did not want... Uh, like they thought that the whole state is collapsing and because we, we, we did not we would not imagine what was going on because we were in the the, the state but we were not we were not able to see the whole equation and and the fact that he was not anymore president so some people were 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 very uh, happy about it but some but but many people were very scared and very uh, shocked and and they thought that we would go through war and that we would go through uh, fights and 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 the economic system would collapse and blah 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 and 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 there you are as military in this context so it's even scarier some, I guess. some some people thought they were themselves going to go through war or that they would go to 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 go in, into clash with with egyptians in the street and it was it was a very it was a very shocking moment but um, but but then after a while it, things started to 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 be um, more clear and we got to to have uh, better access to, to information than than earlier it's, it's an interesting case, the military in this country. I think anybody who's been listening to the programs that, that Chris and I have been doing, we've learned 
about the place of the military in this country historically and even now, it's always talked about like a big institution. Like there's the president, and there's the military. Uh, there used to be a parliament. You know, <laughs> there may be a parliament again someday. Um, and it's a institution we don't get to hear from a lot, except through official channels. Yeah, the spokesperson, official announcement. But soldiers themselves, they're not commonly on stage telling their story because it's it's uh, forbidden because it's it's <laughs> like it's it's we are not allowed to 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 say anything about um yes the army like even even uh, yeah when when you are recruited as soldier you are supposed to to uh, to keep everything secret as if like like yeah like it's just it's military like privacy or something like I don't remember I don't know the, the term but it's like you cannot uh, speak about it and and uh, it's very uh, it's very strict like people do not just speak about the army and the fact that it's um, an independent uh, thing so so technically not everyone has a lot of information and even the soldiers we we still do not have a lot of information because we don't have access to 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 like anything like we don't have access to, to any kind of of uh, higher information or planning or, or anything we just take the, the the very basic orders and 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 very uh, uh, like underground thing that has to do with the institution but we do not get involved with what's happening uh, on the higher level so you're at the bottom level yes, of everything exactly exactly so even if even if some soldiers were to were to uh, say or explain what's going on with them it would still not give much information about what's going on with the institution because it's it's not uh, out for public or, or, or even for us and so now when you when you put it on stage your stories and you put them next to the stories of um, someone who was a prisoner Sharif Hagazi. The, okay, the, the performance is called No Time for Art, and and the the first piece, what's called like No Time for Art One, it's it was featuring Sharif Hagazi and Ali Subhi and Mustafa Said, who was uh, who is also a musician, who went uh, through an incident in the Tahrir Square. He's he's blind, and he went through this incident with the with a police officer, uh, but it was very brief. But the, the bigger testimonies were from Ali Subhi, who was arrested from the army during the the the, 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 the set-in in Tahrir, and Sharif Subhi, who was in prison and, and uh, forced out. But then that was called No Time for Art 1. No Time for Art 3 is the part that we are working on, which is also featuring the, the story of Sharif Hagazi, but in forms of letters that he was writing to his sister. And these letters were uh, were told by his sister about the time he spent in the army, in parallel to to my testimony when I was in the army during the same time. And um, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. They were put on stage in parallel. Like sometimes we perform both uh, performances together. Sometimes only just one of them. Has there ever been a, that you know of, um, a case where a, a police, someone from the police or formerly of the police, does a performance like this on stage? And I ask this because it sounds like it would be good for different groups involved in, in all the struggles over the last few years to, you know, see themselves as being part of the same 
population, and, and uh, that's why I like the idea of the soldier and the prisoner, the, the vic you know, people who have been injured. But I always wonder about the police. We, we, there's so many things said about them, but you don't get to talk with them very often. But I don't think, I, I don't know, like I don't, I don't know if they are allowed to do this. But the, the thing is that usually, uh, because I'm not an like. Because we are not officers in the, in the army or in the police, but when you choose to be someone in the police, it's a choice. But when you when like for example, when I went to the army, it wasn't a choice. So I don't I don't I don't really belong. I don't feel like I belong to the institution of the army. But when someone is in the police, he he does it on purpose. So probably if he's not allowed to to. Uh, to speak in public about it, he would not do it. And I, but I think that there have been like some very brief things. Like I think there was this documentary film about some. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I thought I've heard about some documentary film that was featuring one of the police officers. But but still, it's very minimal, and they are not allowed much to 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 say uh, a lot about their work. I think. No, I, I'm I'm just considering the different groups. Um even to some extent, you know, people who support the, the Muslim Brotherhood or so, are we communicating all these different groups or do we talk about each other more than we talk to each other? Uh, um, yeah, some people do, but they are uh, doing... It, it usually happens on, on, on uh, separately. Like, we don't, we don't see much projects where... Uh, where uh, where different opinions are put together on stage or on or in or in text or whatever usually people talk, talk about uh, their opinions independently but it's still uh, there and you can see some some uh, people from different uh, perspectives or different grounds they they would say what they uh, what they go through and they would say what they think about the others so so i think it's there but it's it's not usually the case where where you put someone from the army and someone from uh, the police or someone from the people in in the same uh, uh, kind of of comparison or, or or figure you know Let's change gears a little bit. Um, uh, contemporary dance. It's one of the reasons that I, I know you through, through friends in the world of contemporary dance. Uh, myself, I've never been involved in contemporary dance, but I think some people who are listening are admirers or performers themselves. Um, you yourself, not too long ago, you weren't in contemporary dance either. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into it. Okay, the the dance was actually why I also uh, went through theater. Like like it's okay. The whole thing started when I, I studied I studied graphic design and advertising, so it's a bit of a visual thing. And since then, I've been very interested in, in visual arts and and video and photography and stuff. Uh, but after a couple of years, I I wanted to do some kind of projects that had to use body and performance as well, but in a more of a visual context. And and I was introduced to this program that was um, uh, in Studio Madedin, and uh, it was curated by Laurence Rondoni, who's a French uh, dancer, but she was she was organizing this program with Studio Madedin to, uh, to uh, support uh, contemporary dancers in, like, a new generation of contemporary dancers in Egypt because we didn't have much chance or access to... Uh, 
to a lot of workshops or a lot of, of places where people would show like theaters and stuff. But the, the dance scene for me was very rich and was very um, was very interesting and provoking to, to, to keep on going with because I found a lot of uh, possibilities and a lot of a lot of interest in. And, and especially also because we are trying to to uh, to emerge this kind of new like for, for, because for Egypt it's a little bit new and, and and we as I told you you know we don't have much access to theaters and we don't have a lot of chances like even a lot of audience and a lot of friends they want to to practice dance and they want to to see more performances and and watch more more shows and it's not very uh, easy so uh, it was um, good to be able to to uh, to encourage this to, to to keep going. It seems like a lot of the art from the last few years, especially, is visual, and it's it's on walls, it's outside, and I don't hear as much. But that's also my limited experience about dance of any kind in Egypt or, or in general. In Egypt. Ah, in Egypt, uh, but because. As I thought, it's it's not a very uh, common form of art in, in in Egypt. Like we do have, we do have theater. We do have theater, but it was more commercial theater, and it wasn't very um, like because yeah, because uh, gradually people become more more interested, like even on the commercial sense, uh, more interested in cinema and in 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 stuff like that rather than than theater and and uh, performances or even concerts like. People don't usually go to, to, to theaters, so uh, yeah, it's not very common. Uh, but concerning the, the, what you said about walls and stuff, like this kind of of, of graffiti thing and and using walls and, and and street art and stuff, this is also very new for Egypt. Like this is some sort of art that has been uh, integrated with the, the the revolution and how people would would use the text and, and, and figures to, to speak about what like to express what they want but it, it's very also um, like it's exploding now the, uh, or during the past year uh, because of this uh, because of this situation but but uh, dance or concerts or, or theater or, or stuff like these they have been there but they were not very common and step by step we are we are trying to to, to in, in, enrich them. But uh, it's true that yeah, some some like usually more most forms of art in Egypt are more visual than than physical. Yeah. But so are we coming now to a time where, if you say to your family or your friends, "I want to dance," that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what I can. You know, I, I'll have to find a way to go to school or to training or, or self-taught. Um, are we coming to a time where that's more? understood as not just as a, a calling but a job maybe even okay um, it's still not very easy but it's not because of the of, of like okay some some people find it find it hard uh, uh, socially or or or, uh, or in terms of families or friends or stuff but but that's not only the case because the thing is that as I told you, since since the, the scene is not very broad, so uh, it's not very. Um, you don't have a lot of possibilities to make money if you if you if you just do dance. So usually either you are very 
like you work so hard to, to, to find uh, the money to support yourself or you do dance or and together with something else like usually a lot of not, not just just that's not uh, only about dance like usually with art uh, you don't like in Egypt you don't have a lot of um, financial support so people would either do uh, music and uh, for example they work Uh, they have a day job, like they have a regular day job. Uh, or someone who does uh, uh, graffiti, or someone who does uh, whatever, not, not graffiti. Like someone who does any form of art that is not making a lot of profit, so he has to do something else to, to, to gain money. And that's why it's not very easy to, uh, to support yourself financially. That's why a lot of people do not uh, find it uh, okay to, 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 to use... The term dancer or artist or uh, or any sort of this as a job, yeah. but the the especially as you said and especially the, the the word dance and stuff people still do not uh, not everyone like it's starting to become more uh, uh, meaningful, but uh, not everyone receives it the same way. But that's okay. Has that been your experience? The the part about um, having to have a a side job, not having not being able to live off of your so far your, your performance is that how you manage it or, or is there another way that you fund your, your work but for me yet I have still been interested in my my uh, work as a graphic designer but I cannot do uh, like I cannot work for agencies because if I did like if I ever have a regular job like a, like a nine to five job I would not be able to to do the kind of things that I want to do with theater or dance or stuff because we have different schedules with rehearsals and we sometimes we tour so we have to travel or stuff like that so I cannot have a, a regular day job so I usually have to freelance and with freelancing it's not very secure like and you don't have a lot of uh, stable uh, income but that's okay like usually people who, who, who use this kind of life they know that it's not going to, to function much but uh, I can relate yeah exactly <laughs> but 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 still, I, I, for, because for me, I, I like what I do uh, as a job, as a graphic designer. And I also like, uh, and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing with, with theater and dance. So it's still going with me. And uh, plus the fact that uh, till now, a lot, like, okay, some, some, uh, some works that I do with dance and theater or stuff like that is not very... Um, Uh, like it's it's not very profited, like profiting, but also there are a lot of things that you get you get to do where you where you get to uh, to get to, to be paid. Like you get to be paid like as a, as a as a regular person who does a job. Yeah. Yani. So uh, you live like yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And small question: uh, Are there big differences? You you've just been. Um, Well, you've traveled a bit for your performances. Big difference between how an Egyptian audience receives your work and uh, an international audience, a European audience? Definitely, but uh, it, it's also different with theater and dance. Like, for example, with theater, because it has text. So we use we use it when, when we perform uh, in, in a, for example, in a... Um, In a European country, for example, they, they don't they don't understand the text, so we use uh, subtitles like German or English subtitles, and and they uh, they relate to the text that is on screen. 
but we have to use our bodies to express what we want to say, but still it's it's a different relationship. But when we perform in Egypt, it's a totally different thing because they they um, they, they just use your dialect and they use the, 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 the language you are you are saying and it goes right away. Plus, um, when when you say, especially with this kind of documentary theory, when you say these things to people who are non-Egyptians, for them it's very informative and very like uh, descriptive. But for people who can relate to it, like Egyptians, they would they would be I don't know. Like sometimes they are more emotional about it. Sometimes they are more. Uh, uh, I don't know, like, they, they receive it differently and they receive it um, in, in, a, in, a more, in, a more, uh, in a more personal way because they, they can relate to it some, somehow. So we realize that uh, as we go, more people are becoming interested in dance, but still they are very special audience and, and they can be very spontaneous and very... Uh, uh, like very, very, like they can like be laugh or clap or, or or applause or like be very very spontaneous, and sometimes they will be very silent and 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 you know like very anxious. But um, in 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 Europe, for example, or it depends. Like even even if you we perform in Lebanon or in uh, another uh, place in the in the Arab countries, it's always a different respond. When you uh, when you perform for Egyptian or non-Egyptian or European or non-European, it depends. Like each each audience have different backgrounds and they have different reference about dance and about theater and about language. Like when you approach the audience, you have it in mind. Like you you can see the energy of how they receive it. It's very different. I'm curious, it sounds like we're kind of at the beginning of something in many ways, um, and that if I come back here in two years, uh, hopefully less than that, you'll already have uh, another experience happening with, with how audiences are, and it's not just the size, but also the, the maturity to how they're, they're handling it. Um, and I'm very interested in this whole concept of documentary theater in the Egyptian context. I think I could learn a lot by watching documentary theater while still enjoying, you know, instead of maybe I'm not as good with big books <laughs> or, or, you know, it just, I think that's a style that I think a lot of us actually could learn and enjoy. Anyway, Ahmed El-Gendi, thanks so much. Uh, it's been great hanging out with you, not just in this recording, but, but previously as well. And uh, we will talk to you again on our next visits to Cairo, I think. Sure, and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and of course, um, No Time for Art, part three. That's the one you're in. And if there's any chance for people to, to catch it. Uh, ah, in Cairo. Yes, we are performing this, this uh, piece in Cairo uh, I, uh, before Christmas uh, on, on the 21st and 22nd and 23rd of December uh, in Rawabit in uh, space in downtown. So I know of a few listeners who will be in Egypt at that time, and if they're listening right now, okay. <laughs> they know where to go. Okay, thank, thank you. you.
Just some final notes on today's program. First of all, another big thank you to Ahmed Al-Gendi, a great source on life in Egypt, arts in Egypt. And of course, this series will continue more interviews from Egypt, more interviews from Tunisia, actually, which I have to catch up on. And eventually, content from Lebanon is still to come. And of course, if you go to radioopensource.org, that's the other place, in addition to my website, where we're putting up our interviews with different writers, actors, musicians, the list goes on and on. And I'm extra thankful for your support on this journey, everyone who donated, everyone who's listening, and everyone who leaves a comment or a thought. Thanks so much for that, and I'll see you again very soon. See ya! Amen.